0: Hey guys, this is Sharad, host of the Simply podcast, and I'm super excited to have Ty Franklin on this podcast interview with me. He's been crushing it. He's based out of Atlanta. I'm really excited to know more about him and his business. Hey Ty, welcome to Simply podcast, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. I've been really looking forward to speaking with you. Uh, before we get started why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself where you're based out of what do you do how long you've been investing for And what kind of investing do you do i've been
1: in wholesaling and so i do a little wholesaling i do uh, fix and flip as well looking forward to get into some buying holds and rentals this year that's part of my goals but um you know prior to getting into the real estate industry i was working as a uh, logistics freight broker so essentially like a middleman between you know, uh, manufacturing companies and truck drivers and piecing those together and kind of managing the shipments. So essentially middleman in that process. And then I eventually found wholesaling a little bit during right before the pandemic a little bit went down the rabbit hole because um, I obviously I wanted to, you know, generate wealth to create wealth for myself and cre- create time freedom. I was working as a broker for like seven years doing that. So that was like phone sales and things like that. But I got tired of the strenuous, you know, going to and from work, to and from the office, commuting for seven years. And then, you know, pandemic comes and, you know, my book of business starts to decline, right? People start shutting down, going out of business, whatever the case may be, started losing some clients. I was a six-figure earner there for about two or three years um, of the seven years that I was there. And then, you know, doing going through the rabbit hole, YouTube, how do I get into real estate? You know, not much money, no cash, anything like that. So, go to Google, YouTube, and I'm just, you know, down the rabbit hole, just learning about this wholesaling thing. And I'm saying hey, to myself, like, hey, this is something I can do. It's essentially playing the middleman. You know, once Thanks. I learned the concept of, you know, I'm just middleman in the transaction between the, the seller and the buyer, and I get a profit of it, I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, that's what I was doing with the trucking industry. Um, So I learned about that. And while I'm working the job, you know, I'm working the wholesaling side, uh, part-time, you know, I get off of work, I'm making phone cold calls, I'm putting out bandit signs, I'm doing text messages, I'm going driving for dollars. I'm doing everything that I'm seeing on YouTube to try to get that first deal. So, you know, fast forward, probably like six months, um, into my journey. That's when I found my first, you know, potential lead. Um, and it was essentially turned into my first wholesale deal, which was like $3,000. I took that, reinvested it. Um, and it kind of took off from there, from there, Uh, Right now, I'm about 70 deals in. Uh, Yeah, 70 deals, about four fix and flips. Uh, Did hotels as well. So buy properties, clean them up a little bit, just list them on the market. Um, And right now, I'm just implementing a little bit more exit strategies given how the market has been turning over
0: the past couple, past year or so. That's awesome. And congratulations on all the success you've had in the last couple of years. I'm curious like, so you were in the the logistic business, right? Mm -hmm. What, like, how did you get started into? real estate? Like what was like, did you watch like an infomercial? Did you read a book? Like what kind of got you down the path of real estate? Well, obviously it started with me wanting to own my own property. Right.
1: So obviously, you know, when you, you know, get a house, it's kind of like the thing, right? You go to college, get a, get a job, get a house and, you know, and get more houses. So, um, I started doing a little bit more research after I purchased my first property, you know, that I was primarily occupying and living in. And looking into how can I get another one? How are people utilizing this real estate thing? And I started, you know, once I sold that first property, I saw how quick the profit was and how much profit I made off of that first sale. Uh, I only lived in the house for probably a year and a half, right? So I saw, you know, the money, how fast the equity kind of built inside the property. So I wanted to deep dive real estate a little bit more. Um, So that's
0: when I started, you know, looking up stuff on Google and starting finding things on YouTube. Yeah. So the first property you bought that was a primary restaurant you didn't buy it with the intention of like flipping it it just like happened organically and you're like hey I made pretty good money I should do more of this right fantastic man and then once you decided to go into real estate did you quit your job or were you still working and then this was like a side hustle to begin with
1: yeah so I was still working and doing it as a side hustle um I was even. While I was at the job, I was making calls to sellers and property owners and trying to, you know, get properties under contract and, and working the business while I was at the job um, when I had time to make calls, like during my lunch break and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, you know, when I first got started, I was working, you know, coming to help, coming back home and working after I got off of, my, off of work and then doing it on a weekend as well, like on Saturdays. And that's when I started, you know, getting a little bit more, uh, getting more progress going.
0: Yeah, Ty, I think it's so great to hear. We hear so many newbie investors use the fact that they have a full-time job as an excuse of not even getting started. And you had a full-time job and you were doing it wherever you had, you know, time it'd been during lunch break, any breaks that you have, after hours and weekend, just to kind of create some momentum to get your first deal. I think a lot of people get discouraged. And then you said it took you about six months from the time you started to the time you got your first deal and you only made 3000. Yeah. I think that goes to show that you were determined. You had great, like, Hey, I'm in this for the long haul versus we notice a lot of investors. They tried for a month or two, they don't get anything and they give up, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, Hey, this is not enough. Or they may only make 3000 or 5,000, not, you know, this, $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 $10, 15 twenty thousand dollar deal and they're like oh this is not worth it so what was it about just committing to it and saying hey I'm gonna go in this long term you didn't get any deals for six months and you only made three thousand you know which is not chump change but you know I'm sure you've had a bunch of other deals where you made a lot more money like right. what was it what was your mindset that just kept you going yeah good question so and I think I I, I appreciate you for asking that because this is
1: what's really important right so for me, you know, obviously you're on social media, you're on YouTube, and you've seen all these people saying, oh, I closed this deal for 15000 20000 30000 right? And then I get my deal that's only $3,000. But for me, that was proof of concept, right? That was like, hey, I can really do this. You know what I mean? That gave me confidence. Like, okay, I know, I understand it was only $3,000 this first one, right? But I know there's a bigger and better opportunities out there if I stick to it. Now, granted, from the time I got that deal in the contract to it close, that was 30 days. So essentially during this time at my full-time job, that wholesale check was more than my combined check that my full-time job during that time period for that month. Right. So I'm saying, okay, in 30 days I made more doing this wholesale deal than I did at my full-time job that I'm spending eight hours a day at. Well, let me put more energy and effort into this. Let me see how I can keep going. So, um, really is just having that belief and faith that, okay, if I can do it once, I can do it a thousand times. Right. And then obviously this deal is not as biggest one that I've seen or seen other people close, but that I learned from it. And then I'm going to apply what I learned to get those
0: bigger deals later on down the line. Absolutely. Man. Was, were there any like books you were reading? Did you have any like affirmation? Like how did you just keep going? Right. I mean, it honestly, it can be very discouraging, Right you do marketing, you reach out to people. It's not easy to get, you know, rejected by people. I mean, that happens a yeah. lot in our business. You talk to a seller and, you know, they get pissed off. They're like, Hey, don't call me again. Why did you get, call me? I'm not selling. Like, how did you just keep going? Was, was it like books you were reading or mindset? Like, what, what was it that just, you're like, Hey, I'm going to keep going. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to get to the right person.
1: Yeah. So for me, um, yeah, I was reading books. Right. Um, I was reading, you know, uh, the magic of thinking big. I have a couple of them right here, actually. Um, the magic That's a fantastic of fantastic big- book, man. Yeah. The magic of thinking big It's a good read. Another one uh, is uh, negotiating. Never split the difference by Chris nice. Voss, negotiating, learning, trying to increase my skill set. So part of that was that uh, another part of it was just having my why up front I know it's cliche I know people hear that a lot but why are you doing this like deep down why are you doing this beyond the money why are you really doing this so for me was the freedom right like I said in the beginning I got tired of commuting to work being tied to the desk for eight hours a day and working for somebody else I wanted more time freedom wanted more flexibility to be the actual boss right to be the CEO to actually run the company make decisions Um, so that was like the main thing, right? I wanted to get that freedom and I always kept that front of mind whenever you know I was getting a rejection or whenever a deal didn't go through or a contract didn't go through or any of those roadblocks that I dealt with until I got that first deal. I always kept that that why up front, like okay, this is why I want to do this because I want to leave this. This is and I want it that bad. I'm gonna keep going no matter what, right? And then I believe that I can get it done because one. I see all the people that's doing it, you know, online or social media, or whatever. If they can do it, I can do it. And why can't they, right? They're, they're no different from me. They look like me. The se- they have the same access to the tools and resources that are out there. All I have to do is put in the work. That's the only thing that's going to separate anybody from being successful
0: and not successful is that work ethic to continue to keep going no matter what. Man, Ty, I cannot tell you that's such a great answer. It's just your why was bigger than the struggles that you were having. You know, you were in it for the long term. You were not, it was not get rich quick scheme for you. You knew you stuck with it. You will make money from it. And you were willing to just in it for the long haul, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like, it's so refreshing to hear when, you know, you were in it for the long haul versus people get so discouraged in month one, month two, month three, because they send out marketing, they spend money on marketing, they don't get anything like, oh, this business doesn't work or this tool doesn't work or this direct meal doesn't work or whatever it is. But you knew it's going to work if you stick with it long enough. And so thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. So it took you about six to seven, six months you got a lead, uh, a decent lead. Then you closed, you know, it took you about seven months to get your first check. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back, would you change anything to like minimize that time period that it took you? Or yeah. it was just something like you're starting new. So it, it was going to take that much time.
1: Right. So uh, you kind of look back hindsight, like, okay, I would change this. I would change that. But t- in all reality, I wouldn't change it for the world because all those different experiences, all those different things that I was doing were learning lessons. They were teaching me, okay, do this. Okay. Not don't do this. Right. So, um, one of the main things I would say I would change is getting like investing in software a little bit sooner right i took a little bit long to invest in the software obviously i didn't have a big budget at the time to allocate towards software and expenses but um as i was you know setting aside some money i did some DoorDash to pay for the softwares once i got them like prop stream um and a dialer i had to get a couple of dialers to try out to test them to see if i needed them um but the reason why i said the software is because it made me more efficient right it made me more efficient with my time so when i first got started i'm trying to do the freeway i'm trying to do free skip tracing you know, which is taking more time. I'm trying to do uh, manual cold calling and texting, you know, with Google voice, which is taking more time. So I realized I need to be more efficient with what I'm doing. So I think if I were to change anything from my journey in the beginning is
0: invest in software way sooner than what I did. And that that is such a great answer. Like you were you were willing to do whatever you needed to like told dash or it didn't matter. You're like, you, you just had to get that deal, man. Uh, I know you have a very successful, uh, coaching business also where you teach, you know, um, you have a community where you teach newbie investor. What do you notice that the biggest thing that they struggle with? Like, why are people that don't get to the finish? Like, what is it that they're not doing? Do they give up too soon or they're not serious enough? Like, what is it that you notice?
1: Yeah, I think it's a few things. Um, One, I think analysis by paralysis, they're overthinking, right? So they're just continuously pounding their heads with information instead of applying the information that they're learning. So um, that's one thing they maybe you know, learn one thing from somebody and then see something else and learn that thing from somebody else. So like a different exit strategy, for instance. So let's say initially they start off. We oh, I want to wholesale. And then all of a sudden you hear about creative finance. Oh, I want to do that. And then all of a sudden right. you hear now novation. Oh, I want to do that. So it's not. So they, they kind of have, you know, the, the shiny object syndrome. Right. So they see different things and they can't stick to one thing and kind of throws them off. And then the next thing that's very important is the lack of consistency, right? In, in this business, you have to be consistent with your marketing. You have to be consistent with your follow-ups and, and making sure that you're contacting these homeowners and these sellers on a consistent basis. So, you know, being inconsistent is something that I see. And then another thing is fear of picking up the phone and talking to people on the phone. Everybody wants to do automations and do text messaging and find ways to go around and avoid actually picking up the phone and saying hey seller are you interested in selling your property so i think fear of that rejection um kind of prevents people from being great and being successful in it so um those are the few things that i've noticed that kind of prevent people from taking that next step or going that next level and being successful in the
0: game yeah i i think i agree with that man We, we notice people newbie investors they look at other they're following too many people following people that are doing different things and they see a wholesaler showing a check of 50,000, right? And that's that's the the anchor that they have in their mind. Hey, I want to make 50,000. They're not happy with like $3,000 because they just want to get to where the wholesaler is now. Mm-hmm. And they don't look at where they they started with. And they're following right. someone else who did creative financing and got this, you know, family without putting any money. They're like, oh, I want to do that. Then they look at someone who doing who's doing fix and flip and made six figures doing fix and flip. And they're like, Oh, maybe I should do that. They don't stick with anything long enough and end up doing nothing, you know? And then A that's, that's the, yeah. And it's same thing with the marketing. We get asked so many times by newbie investors, Hey, which marketing I should start out with. And our answer is the one that you can stick with the longest, hundred every marketing works, but you have to stick with it long enough. It's like losing weight, right? You have yep. to go to the gym. You have to eat healthy. You can't, go to the gym one day, eat healthy one day and expect a six pack. It's it's not going to happen. You're not going to lose weight by doing that. You just have to put in the work. There's no shortcut to it. You know, you may right. get lucky, you may send a direct meal campaign or you may make your first call, first ever call and you find someone who's willing to sell at the right price. You just happen to be lucky, but that's not the expectation you should have. So I think it's just like following people on social media, which is great to get inspired, but yeah. then you have to look at their hard work also that they put in you know they they didn't get there with the first deal it took them like dozens of deals to get to the point where they're making you know like fifteen twenty thirty fifty thousand dollars wholesale fee and not with their first deal so right yeah, like great great sharing that and um, let me add
1: something there too uh one thing I always like to tell people is focus on the process like that's what's most important like the process like the money is fine and the money will come but if you focus on your process and refine your process and learn from your process, then that's what's going to actually generate the money. Don't focus on, okay, I only made a thousand dollars on this deal or whatever the case may be and be like, it's not worth it, but the process works. And if you keep refining that process, then you're going to start seeing those bigger deals over time. If you stick to it, like you said, for long
0: enough. Absolutely. But with the newbie investors that are starting out, do you notice that there's one marketing channel that tends to work? better with them? Because a newbie investor, when they're starting out, they don't jump full-time Full time in this, right? They have a side, you know, they have a job, full-time job that they're doing a part-time job and they only have limited time. But given that, what do you, what have you noticed or experienced that's the best marketing channel that someone should start out with? That just getting started, you know, newbie investor.
1: Yeah. So for the people in my community, like a lot of the deals that they're closing, their leads are coming from cold calling. Okay. Right. So, and I preach cold calling a lot. I understand like, but I do understand like cold calling isn't for everyone. Right. But, um, a lot of their deals are coming from cold calling because of the, you know, it's not much restrictions like SMS, right? Everybody will starting out wants to do SMS and text messaging, but now with the restrictions and regulations on it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So, um, it kind of forces you to, you have to jump outside of your shell, right? So even with me, when I first started my company, I didn't know anything about sales. I didn't you know, I, don't, I wasn't, you know, the person that liked the cold call or wanted the cold call, but I had to do what I had to do in order to learn the business, learn the industry and what have you. So um I just encourage people who have a little fear of cold calling to just try it continuously to try it because you'll get better. And then that's what's working. Right. That's what works. And it's one of the least cost effective, you know, strategies mm-hmm. out there. Right. So. You can do direct mail, you can do postcards, you can do mailers, you can do PPC, inbound marketing, but all of that stuff is going to be expensive for the newbie wholesaler who doesn't understand how to close a deal. So I would say, you know, get your reps in with cold calling and then generate some leads. And then from there, you'll be able to close some deals. Then you can reinvest your money back into those forms of marketing that you really don't like, or you can hire out your cold calling to a virtual assistant
0: from that point. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's great. And then, you know, if you started with cold calling... And then once you start getting some momentum with that, like stack another marketing channel on top of it, and then maybe outsource calling the lead to someone else. And then mm-hmm. you just deal go on the appointments, you know, make offers, do that kind of stuff. Yep. And then as you grow in your business, then maybe hire someone to go on appointments where you're just doing the, you know, deal analysis part. So I, I think that's great. You start out making calls. You don't have to start out with making thousand calls. Just make like 50, 60 calls and be okay with the rejection. I yes. think that's another thing, like be okay with the rejection. You're going to get dozens of rejection before someone says, hey, all right, at least come look at my house, you know, and then you may have to make go on 10 appointments, make offers, and maybe out of 10, one gets accept- accepted. So it's just a numbers game. But the only way you score a point is if you take a shot, there's no other right. way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, man. So,
1: like I've heard someone say before, they said instead of counting the amount of yeses you get, count the amount of noes you get. So if you call in, you get a no, get a no. Now you're at 15 no's and then you finally get a yes. Okay, dang. Now I got to start over with my no's. Okay, now calling, calling, calling. That's calling. such how, a how great many, idea. How many yeah. no's can I get before I get to a yes, right? So, right. and I, I love that thought process because it's like, you're not really focused on the yes, you're focusing on getting through the no's and ex- essentially, eventually, you'll get those
0: yeses and they'll start to stack up. Man, that's such a great idea. I, <laughs> I love that. I, I think that's fantastic. Then it's it's like, you're not, you're not so focused on the yes that every time you get a no, you get a little discouraged. You're like, right. oh man, I got one more no. you know. And you know you have to get to like 50 no's before you get a yes, then it's just like, you're just going through the process. I think going back to kind of what you said about the process, going mm. through the process, hey, I'm gonna get 50 no's, but that's okay. I know I've gotten 10, I need to get to 40 more. So you're just right. almost like kind of, you're following the process, but you are not expecting a yes. You may get a yes after your 10th no, like, Oh, this is great. You know, man, I don't have to do 40 other, but then I, I think that's such a different, it's a mindset shift, it's such a mindset shift, man. <laughs> such a simple thing, but you're looking at it differently. You're not getting discouraged. You're kind of like, okay, that was just part of the process. You know, I just have to keep doing it. I have 10, I have 40 more to go before I get it. Yes. That's yeah, great. When you lower your expectation, the yeah. disappointment is lower as well. Absolutely, right? man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that is fantastic, man. Yeah. No, I, and I agree with you for newbie investors starting out. I think cold calling is the best way, especially someone who's a little bit tight on budget. You know, they don't, especially newbie investors starting out, they don't have the, the budget, the resources, and then they're just one man team. So I think it's a great way to just, you know, get started. So let's say if a newbie investor is starting out with cold calling, is there a specific list that you recommend they start out with, that generally tends to work best? Yeah, my favorite list
1: and the one that I closed my first deal off of and then obviously more afterward is um, the first deal I closed was a vacant absentee, right? Oh,
0: yeah, that's vacant absentee. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
1: obviously that list is going to be a little beat up and banged up or whatever the case may be. But what makes, but, but to refine that list and make it a little bit better is that the owner only owns two properties. Right. The one that they currently live in and then that one particular property, because typically that seller or that owner will be more willing to let go of that vacant property that they don't live in. It's probably a tenant that was living in there previously that just or the tenant just moved out or has just been sitting vacant for a while. And they'll be more willing to let that property go versus the property that they're currently living in. So they only own two properties. They're oh, not nice. a super season. They're not yeah, a super seasoned investor, right? So yeah. they just probably just want to get rid of it and, and just, you know, get the capital from the property. So that's been like the my favorite go-to list that I've
0: ever, you know, that I closed a lot more deals on. That's fantastic, man. Yeah, so you're not going after people that have 100 properties because generally there'll be more sophisticated investors versus yep. someone who has like their primary residence and maybe one or two other rentals. Then yep. they're like accidental landlords, right? They bought a property, and then they move on to another property. They're like, oh, I have this property just because I bought this as a primary residence, but they don't want to deal with that. I, I think that's a that's a great list to go after. You're right, yeah. it's going to be beat up, but it's just about being consistent. You know, you're just following up consistently. One thing I like to tell the investors is, you know, I invest in Indiana market. So what mm-hmm. happens is, you know, in the winter time, we're, we're reaching out the same list. In the spring or summer, they'll say no. In the winter, you get a bad winter storm their pipes are frozen. All of a sudden their motivation shift. Right, Like, you know what? I just want to be done with this. I can deal with a frozen pipes or leak in the basement. And that's where we come in. That's where we add the value, but it only happens if we are in front of that investor day in and day out. So I agree, man, that's, that's, that's a great list to go after where they have one or two extra properties, uh, yeah that they have so yeah and then speaking on
1: what you're saying um you know with people wanting things happen you know in the winter time versus the summertime or the spring I was always told and this is true like life-changing events happen like every three months so even if you go through a list the one time and the seller may not be interested at that time go through that list again later. You never Absolutely. know what, what happens to that seller. They may get a job offer. They might have to relocate. They may have to get an injury. They may have to have medical bills or whatever the case may be. You just never know what's going to happen. So we consistently go through those lists over and
0: over over again, especially yeah. if you pay the skip tracing and get the data. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's so true. Like you're just waiting for the life event to happen. The only way that you will get an opportunity is if you're in front of them. Yep. That's the only way. Like for us, The goal with the follow-up process for us and our businesses, we just want a fair chance from that seller for us to make an offer. If they don't accept that offer, that's totally fine. You know, someone made a higher offer more than what we'll bring. That's okay. But at least we had a fair chance to make an offer on the property. That's what we hope for. So great advice on that. man. So Dai, I have a question. So you started out doing wholesaling, right? Mm -hmm. Then, and now you have a community of investors that you're trying to help them get their first deal. So how... Did that happen? Like, was that organic, or you know, people started reaching out to you because you were you know posting about your success on social media, or was that always a goal that like, hey, I'm doing this for myself. I know there are other people in the community, you know, that could gain value from that, so I want to help them get their you know first deal and also help them get their freedom of time and money.
1: Yeah, so good question. So over you know the course of over the course of you know wholesaling and doing it. So when I first got started in the business and started wholesaling. I went to my Instagram and I said, hey, I'm going to document my journey because I knew I had belief that I was going to be successful in it. Right. So I was documenting my journey. I was doing live conversations, live cold calls with sellers. I would get on Instagram live and I would go on live and just sit on live for two, three hours at a time, just cold calling, and dealing with rejection and having conversations with sellers. And more and more people start to kind of, you know, gravitate towards that. And then, you know, I started just posting content and tips and things that I've found that work for me. You know, it might be something small. Hey, I called this lead back three times in a row and they finally answered. You should try that. Right. Right. So it might be a little tip like that or something like that, that I saw um, some success with for me that worked for me. So I said, hey, why not share it with other people to see if they see some success from it as well? So over time, as I'm doing that, you know, people start asking me questions and things like that. And I'm saying, OK, well, since people are asking me questions, it seems like I should create a community of people to be able to ask those questions and to be amongst each other. Obviously, you have Facebook groups and, you know, all these different things. But when I you know, first started out, I wasn't in a community that was like more handheld on my phone, like a discord. So it's a discord community where you can just start right. texting back and forth. If you have a question about anything, you can start texting back and forth, share your wins, share your losses, have fun, share tips and resources. So. Um, I said, you know, I'm gonna just go ahead and do that because I I didn't have that. So let me provide that to people to help them close some deals, right? With the knowledge that I know, you know, and I just want to give back to people and, and, and help people out because that's just how I am. So right. that, that that's how that all formed it. That's how it started.
0: Yeah, I tell you, I think it's great, man. Like rather than just sharing the wins, you're actually sharing the process. So people come in with the right expectations. They're not, you know, watching you, following you just post, you know, your check that you got from a hotel. You're actually showing people, Hey, I'm on the call two, three hours. And these are, this is exactly how my conversation is going. And that sets the right expectation. And then the community that you have, they come in with the right expectation. They're not coming in and saying, Hey, I called 10 people, but I didn't get a deal. You know, (laughs) that's not the expectation that they're coming with, man. Uh, So that's, that's fantastic, man. Yeah. I think it just, there's such a huge need for that. Where you set the right expectation for an investor rather than just saying, hey, it's easy, you can get your first deal in seven days, 10 days, because right. that, it could happen, but that's not that's not the right expectation. You know, you have to have the right expectation of you have to put in the work, you have to put in the effort. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you stick with it long enough, it's only a matter of time before you start getting your deal. So yeah, thank you for. Right you know, creating your community and setting the right expectations and helping people, you know, achieve the freedom of time and money. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I got to show them the reality of the business, absolutely, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's like going to a gym, right? If you look at someone who has six pack abs, has these, you know, like, you know, muscles and everything, it did not happen overnight. No. You know, you <laughs> have to see kind of, you know, maybe they weighed like 200 or 250 pounds. They went to the gym four or five days a week eat healthy. That's what you got to focus on. That's the thing that's in your control. That's yes. what I tell my team. You have to focus on things that are in your control. If you want to lose weight, what's in your control is going to gym, eating healthy. That's mm-hmm. it. If you want to get a deal, what's in your control is calling people, doing marketing, following up. Yep. Now, whether you get a deal or not, that's outside of your control. But if you do it long enough, it's just a matter of time before you start getting deals. So I, I think what you're doing is really great, man. Yeah, Ty. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. I want to move yeah. on to the next part of our podcast. So, Ty, what do you do for fun? Oh, for fun right now? I'm
1: working summertime. I mean, wintertime when it's cold, I, I'm, I'm just here. Um, but most of the time, you know, I like watching sports. I gamble for fun. I guess you can call it fun. Whether I win or whether I lose, I
0: just what enjoy. do you what do you what do you like? You like to go to a casino?
1: What do you like to play? Yeah, casino. I, I play roulette at casino sometimes. Blackjack. Um, I nice. do sports betting as well. That's like my nice. primary thing. Um, I also have like a sports podcast that I started. You know, doing last year. That you know is kind of getting some momentum now. Um, but outside of that, man, is is really um, you know, traveling. I love to travel. Did a lot of traveling over the past couple of years as well. Fishing. I like to go fishing. Just got into that. Uh, golf here and there I'm not that nice. great yet but I'm working on getting there because I know a lot of money is on those golf courses so I'm gonna work yeah. my way over there <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I like to do a lot of different things to be honest man you know being outside in nature um camping just got done camping for the first time love that being at the lake so I like to do a whole bunch of different things man I don't like being in the house that that often yeah. but when I am in the, ho- in the house uh, you know watch movies and you know nice. get on youtube and watch videos and things like that and trying to learn so you know i like to
0: do a lot of different things man very flexible that's great that. man. That's great <laughs> uh what well, what's the most fun place you've been to you know in the last couple of years where uh, you would want to go again uh well
1: i love las vegas i go to vegas every year oh man so, oh yeah I that's like my, fa- all your, yeah, your that's my favorite and... place to go yeah. um you know in the states but outside of that um I like Miami. I like Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic yeah. is really good. Punta Cana. I love the Punta Cana. Nice. And then uh, Montego Bay, Jamaica is very nice as well. So um, obviously the Caribbean, I really enjoy the Caribbean. Yeah. I love the beaches and the weather and the people are very, very nice and friendly. Right. Um, so I would love to go back there. And then obviously I want to go overseas to, you know, Europe and stuff like that at some point.
0: Nice. Cool, man. If you haven't been to Tulum, Mexico, you should check out, man. It's I've been big, to Tulum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, it's, yeah, it's I've been to Tulum.
1: I love Tulum. Yeah. I love everything about
0: Tulum. That's, that's such a great place cool man all right what's the one book it could be a business or personal you could have one of each that has had the biggest impact in your life yeah i would say never
1: split the difference by chris Voss, and the reason why i like that book because it teaches you how to uh negotiate and have conversations with sellers right obviously it's not all about sellers it's the book is based off of a FBI negotiator who, you know, works with people who negotiate to negotiate hostages and stuff like that. So it's, it's delivered in a story format, but there's different keys out there in the book that helps you like mirroring, um, and, um, and things like of that nature to help you with negotiating and having conversations with, with people. So that's a good one. Um, obviously think and grow rich. Everybody loves that book. It's a mindset shift thing. Um, the 10X rule. I got a lot of books, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: You seem like a uh, kind of guy who loves reading. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. And then this one here, I am I just picked this one up. I'm the idea for CEO. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, 33 laws of business and life. So it's supposed to be Fantastic. a really good book recently just came out. So I'm gonna check this one out. Just got this one this week as well. So Ooh. yeah, awesome, a lot man. of different yeah. mindset things and some things that can kind of refine your skills. Um, especially when it comes to speaking and talking to people. I think that's those type of books are very important
0: in this business for sure. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing. All right. If you could spend a day with anyone, dead mm. or alive, who would you want to spend the day with and why?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I never even thought about that.
0: Um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant?
1: Yeah. And, and, and the reason why is because of his work ethic right? So he works so hard. He's super disciplined. Uh, Well, he was, rest, rest his soul, he passed away. But he is, he's, he's my favorite NBA basketball player ever. But the reason why I love him because of his work ethic, how disciplined he was, how focused he was, um, and his mindset behind it, right? So, you know, his success came from all of those things. And, you know, I think if I can just have a slither of what his day to day is and what his mindset is as far as, you know, even the little things that he does, I think that can make a big deal of a difference to me and anybody in in, in, in general, right? Because discipline, consistency, hard work, those is it's cliche, but that that is it's true. You don't have to have the best skill set starting off, but if you have those things, your skill sets will improve and get better. And then that's when you start seeing success. So
0: I would say Kobe Bryant. Absolutely. Ty, can I tell you what I absolutely love about you? man, you are just so focused on things that you control, gaining skills. Like it just, I can tell you don't make any excuses. You just look at, hey, if that person can do it, I can do it. I just don't have the skill yet. I just need to work towards it. And then it'll just happen. That's such a great mindset to have. You're not focused on, hey, why did it not happen? Why didn't I get my first deal in a month, two month, three months? You're just so focused on, I'm going to gain the skill Every day I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. I think that is such, such a great mindset, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's been a fantastic, yeah. fantastic podcast. Everything man. is a learning lesson,
1: right? Yeah. Whether it's a win or a loss or a positive or a negative, you learn from it. So, um, you know, with the mindset of I can get better, like I take the good with the bad, right? The good comes from the bad, right? So the bad is just a lesson for uh, opportunity for growth. That's what I look at it as so if something bad happens or something negative happens okay that's an opportunity for me to learn and grow and then what comes after that is good and that's the reward or that's the result from that opportunity and that growth that that comes with the bad so um mm-hmm. that's how i look at everything it's a it's a lesson it's not about other people and what other people are doing it's really about really being self aware of who you are And what really is important to achieve success. So, and I've learned that over the course of the years, man. And I'm just the type of person that understands that. And if I can focus on me and whenever you focus on you as an individual, that's when you start seeing yourself change and become better. And you start seeing progress and
0: success later on. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's it's just been such a fantastic interview, man. Thank you so much. I know you put out some amazing content on social media. So if someone who's listening to this podcast they want to connect with you what's the best way to do that
1: yeah um very very active on instagram so if anybody wants to follow me and connect with me on instagram my handle is at ty the investor that's t-y-t-h-e-i-n-v-e-s-t-o-r and on that instagram you know i post tips every single day um, about how you can get better things that i'm doing things that's working things that's not working live calls good or bad getting cursed out by sellers recording those conversations making offers getting offers rejected um so i post a lot of different things and then you know if anybody has questions my dms are always open i always respond it's not managed by anybody but me so um, uh, whenever you get a response from from me it's going to be from me so yeah follow me on awesome. there
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes also for anyone that just, you know, and my YouTube that, so. channel. <laughs> yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah. We'll put a show uh, links to yeah. all of that. Yeah. Ty, thank you so much, man. This has been such an incredible interview. So inspiring. So motivating. I, I love that you're so focused on yourself, improving every single day, working on the skills, and then, you know, you know, you're just in it for the long haul. So thank you, man. Appreciate you, Sherrod. Thank you so
1: much for having me a part of the podcast.
0: You, Our pleasure, man. Thanks.